The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. One hot afternoon on April 6, 2005, you know, following the rules of engagement, I found myself in front of a suspicious vehicle. Uh, nothing in between our two vehicles. I raised my M4 rifle up to my shoulder and I fired two rounds in front of his vehicle and then boom, my world went black. Hear the amazing things God is doing through Scotty and Tiffany Smiley and their hope in spite of total blindness. Next. Hey, I'm James. This is Betty. Welcome to Life Today. I'm I'm, I'm laughing because I've been admiring this beautiful blouse. <laughs> and, uh, you know, one of our guests, uh, uh, he can't see. He keeps telling Betty how pretty her blouse is because <laughs> he hears me saying it. And I, well, let me just say this to you. We, we this, this is a very special couple. And I just happened to catch part of the, the prayer breakfast, the presidential prayer breakfast, because I figured if we ever had a president that needed prayer, we got one. <laughs> needs prayer. They all need prayer. And uh, and I've been able to pray not only for him, but with him. And uh, by the way, they this couple enjoyed being around him. They, they said, you know what, it's it just, just just makes you have a just a love for him and pray for him. That's what yeah. we all do for all our leaders. But I saw him in the platform, and I saw him as they shared. And I, I don't know how to describe it other than say it's grace and glory, the grace and glory of God all over him. And uh, Scotty lost his uh, his eyes uh, uh, in uh, in the war in the Middle East. He's going to tell you about it. But uh, that put a pretty big uh, load of pressure on somebody, you can imagine. And uh, his wife, Tiffany, is just a, just a beautiful person through and through. The book they wrote, and it's his book, his story, but it's their story, Hope Unseen, the story of a U.S. Army's first blind active duty officer. It's amazing, state active duty. I want you to welcome the Smileys. I want you to welcome uh, Scotty and Tiffany to life today. Would you do that? Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see you, and I don't say I'm glad to see me. I know you, you, see, I know you, you see me. Very handsome. You, you yeah, very handsome. That's right, buddy. High five. All right. <clears throat> now, tell us what happened to you. So a lot of people say, okay, what happened? What happened to you, Scotty? Yeah, I was serving on active duty in the United States Army. Just graduated from West Point, uh, the United States Military Academy, and married my beautiful high school sweetheart, Tiffany. And as soon as I got to my unit, received orders to deploy to Missoula, Iraq. And uh, one hot afternoon on April 6, 2005, you know, following the rules of engagement, I found myself in front of a suspicious vehicle. Gray Opal, single man in the driver's seat, head was buzzed, face was buzzed, silver sh uh, shirt down to his wrists, uh, just looked like an innocent guy. But given the suspiciousness of the vehicle, uh, I knew I had to get him out. And me standing in a striker vehicle, I felt well protected, bulletproof jacket on, bulletproof eye, eye, eyeglasses on, uh, yelled at him to get out of his vehicle. And he looked over his left shoulder at me, raised his hands off the steering wheel and shook his head no. I yelled at him again. He responded in the same manner and then took his foot off the brake. Uh, nothing in between our two vehicles. I raised my M4 rifle up to my shoulder 
and I fired two rounds in front of his vehicle, and then boom, my world went black. Uh, I later found out, a week later, uh, waking up in Walter Reed Army Medical Center, uh, blind the rest of my life, that uh, that man was a suicide car bomb, had disintegrated his vehicle, uh, killing himself, and sending shrapnel uh, through both of my eyes, uh, permanently blind me the rest mm -hmm. of my life. And uh, that's when my uh, story and trials really began. Okay, how long before you knew exactly what happened, Tiffany? So Scotty's best friend who was serving with him called me um, pretty soon after and let me know what had happened. But, you know, he said we loaded him on a Blackhawk and we don't even know if he's going to survive. And you just sit and you pray. I mean, what mm -hmm. else? You know, these military families, when someone's injured or killed overseas, you can't get to them. Mm -hmm. um, so it's often harder for them back home. So I just began praying for him. And, you know, I always pictured Jesus just like, in the corner of the room with him mm. when I would pray for him. Wow. Mm. What a great vision. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Now then, you do get together. I want you to just kind of take us through the journey of what happens because you did feel some pressure that became pretty great. What, yeah. how, how, did, how did you experience that? After the injury uh, was rushed to the hospital, uh, they removed, removed both of my eyes. Uh, more surgeries were conducted. And waking up at Walter Reed Army Medical Center, uh, being told I'll never be able to see again, uh, really just questioned my life, questioned my faith. I was raised as a Christian, believed in God, believed in, in what was right, what was I supposed to do. Um, but for me, the life that I had chosen, the life that I wanted to live, now seemed impossible. It seemed something I could never achieve. And so I questioned my faith. One of my best friends came in the room and asked me to say a prayer. And I said, no, I don't know how to pray. And I don't think I know God. And Literally, the room just went dead silent. Uh, and I think my wife, you know, praying for my eyesight, praying, you know, that there's just a hope or a, a chance that I'd be able to see, she quickly realized that my faith uh, was now at the forefront of, of her prayers, that if, if she was now married to a man who no longer believed in God, that was far more important than my eyesight. And uh, it wasn't just uh, her prayers, but it was the grace of God and his forgiveness that really enabled me to see that living life on my own, living life in a deep, dark depression, uh, a, a place that I was at uh, was one of the most difficult places that I had ever been and I knew ever would be. And I made a choice to, to ask God and back to my heart uh, to begin to live a life of, of, you know, I didn't know what life I was going to live, but I knew I was going to live a life of faith and I was going to live a life with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that I was going to love him and that he was going to walk with me and, and truly be my, my, my guide. How long before you were able to actually be with him? And it was about a week. Oh my Yes. Goodness. So, and you don't know the extent of the injuries, um, but I remember I was very adamant that I, I found my way to Walter Reed before they would authorize me. So I got there before mm. um, he was <laughs> sh even showed up. Mm. Um, that was important to me um, to be there okay. when he arrived. And that's when I began, you know, I, I did, I have this vision for Scotty. Um, and I just, every day would come in and speak truth and speak life and hope. And um, I would tell him all the things that he could be. And he would say, you're crazy. I'm like, watch, <laughs> watch, you know, watch, watch God work in this situation. And people would leave his room and, you know, they would say, this is hopeless. This is 
awful situation. And one um, gentleman who Scotty served with, he was leaving the room and he said, you know, he was such a good leader. And without hesitation, I said, he still will be. And I truly believe that with all my heart. God had given me a vision. God gave me the strength um, to guide Scotty during that time um, and to be a prayer warrior and to you know speak truth and speak life into him in a time when he was so desolate and so dark. And that you know when you're in that space, like Scotty was saying, it, it has a tendency to pull you down. But it was like you know if there's a crack of a little bit of light, I was feeding it <laughs> with everything God was giving me, um, and it gave me the strength to to walk into the room when they were asking me to sign his um, retirement paperwork because I had power of attorney. And they said, you know, Mrs. Smiley, you need to sign this paperwork. He's blind. Um, We need to start his medical retirement. And I said, absolutely not. I'm not signing it. Um, I said, I had just walked in and told my husband he'll never see again. I'm not going to walk in and tell him I just signed paperwork for him to be done with the very thing Mm. that gave him purpose. So, I mean, God gave me the strength to do that and to have that vision. And I was sharing with someone earlier that it's, it's so beautiful. I wouldn't trade anything um, that we've been through. I wouldn't trade it for anything because God has painted this beautiful picture and shown me that his word is true. Yeah. And that when you believe in the visions and, and the gifts that he gives you, the miraculous can happen. And yes. it just, it, it's been, he, God didn't have to show me, you know, Scotty did become a teacher. He does speak and he did write a book. And that's what I was telling him every day in this hopeless situation, you know, when no said, one no, else. no, no, yeah, no. He stayed military too. He stayed in the military. Yeah. No one else believed me. They thought I was like borderline crazy, you know, during this time. But I was just trusting the vision that God was giving me yeah. for him during that time. And to see it revealed here on earth, um, lighten the burden. You know, I, we really had to face the fact that our life forever on this earth was completely altered. Scotty would never see the faces of his sons. You know, he would, I would never see him playing in the park or pushing a stroller. I mean, I, we really had to come to terms with this was the burden for the rest of our life here on earth. So what are we going to do with it? Are we going to believe that God has a bigger vision than what we Mm -hmm. can see? Um, but to see that portrayed in, in our life is, is, you, you Truly were, incredible. You're revealing the greater glory of God and yeah. as great yes. as you can reveal it. And this this woman, I'm going to tell you something. We had generals like this, the wars would be short. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding you. And here's here's the deal. She is just such a source of inspiration. And uh, she's a beautiful person, but there's somebody in her that's so much more magnificent than the world yes. can comprehend, but she's at least giving us a pretty clear glimpse of what he's like. Yes. And you can't you can't see her now, but you can feel the radiance of the glory of God on her. Am I right about that, Scotty? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's on you too, buddy. And I mean, it really is. I mean, there's a there's a genuineness. I mean, this guy ran in the Ironman uh, competition. I mean, t- what all what all is involved in that? Tell us what you did. You're blind. You got to swim. You got to ride a bike. I mean, you're, I mean, tell. Tell us just a little bit about it. So I, again, like you said, I'm married to an amazing woman who, who lets me have a, a few extra, extra extracurricular activities. <laughs> um, so in the year that it took me to train, six days a week, uh, all year 52 weeks, um, I did a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bicycle ride, and then a 26.2 mile little jog. I I think they call it an Ironman. But I did it with my brother-in-law and it was just a true race of life. You know, one of the most difficult, at least in my opinion, difficult Ironmans in Ironman history. One of the largest did not finishes in Ironman history. 
a temperature of 107 degrees. Wow. Uh, just absolute miserable. Bicycle tires were popping. Um, it, it, but it was that kinship with my brother-in-law, the family, friends, just motivating us and inspiring us. And I mean, there was multiple times I wanted to quit. I wanted to give up. Uh, I couldn't see the finish line. I couldn't see my time that I could stop. But again, when I wanted to quit, my brother-in-law was there, my wife was there, my family was there cheering me on uh, just to keep putting one front foot in front of the other. And it was that inspiration that that last quarter of a mile, it literally felt like I was running on clouds. Like it was so amazing. But in the end, it's it's the race of life. It's like, yeah. as we go through trials, go through struggles, can't see the finish line, can't see an end in sight, cannot see how this we can get out of this problem or situation uh, it's having faith. It's having that knowledge that God is with you, that your your family, the community is there to support you, to give you that hope, to give you that faith, just to keep putting one foot in front of the other uh, with hope and with anticipation that your your race will be complete. What do you call your ministry? Because you, you're both in ministry. She's been inspired to start, start a ministry that, well, what do you call it? So Hope Unseen, uh, the the book title that I wrote. Yeah. Uh, and then I do public speaking to corporations, churches. Uh, just, it's amazing to share my story with with those who, who may not know uh, what it's like to go through struggles or go through trials in, in which we have, have been able to go through, uh, but to understand that there's a goal, there's, in, there's, there's a, f there's a finish line, uh, but it's fighting through and having that hope and having that faith that uh, we in encourage people to continue to believe in yes. and continue to, to have uh, a larger strength. You know, Franklin Graham's been a real friend of yours, and you said Billy was mm -hmm. kind to you before he went to heaven. I was at the funeral, but Billy was kind to me, too. <laughs> but uh, uh -huh. you t tell us about your minister, what you're doing right now, because yeah. I know you're doing things together. Yes. But, yeah. but oh, you, I, I, want, I want you to be able to see yes. the, uh, you know, what uh, God put on your heart. I want, I want to know the website, how they can find out where you're going to be speaking, yes. where you all are going to be sharing. So, you know, life, life is interesting and how God, you know, brings us through different trials to reveal something on the other side is truly incredible. Um, and so part of my journey is, you know, as a woman, I, I stood in that gap for Scotty as his wife and spoke truth and life into him. Oh, yeah. But something that I never did was I never grieved. So my grief didn't happen until years later when I had to walk through it and Scotty spoke truth and life mm. into my life. Wow. Um, and it was a difficult time. I had three little kids and um, I felt judged on a lot of angles and it was people didn't really understand why is she grieving, Scotty's well again, but <laughs> God has a way of just driving us to those points so he can raise mm -hmm. us back up. And I sort of call it my rebirth, but um, I you know, went through the grieving process that I lost something here too. Um, but that God, you know, the vision that I had for Scotty was also a vision that God has for me, for all of us mm -hmm. as women. Um, and so I was inspired to start Story by Faith, to encourage women to share their stories, um, to come together that we need each other. God gave us each other as women, not to judge or drive wedges in between each other, but together we can do great things. So I started Story by Faith, which is a one-day women's conference um, bringing women together from all walks of life um, to use their God-given talents and stories to make an impact um, in their communities, their families, and beyond. And so I've had a couple events, and they're truly, they're 
awe-inspiring. I think I get more out of them <laughs> than the people who come, but they're just, it's an incredible moment in time because women have a powerful voice and a powerful influence, and God wants to use us to be a light to this world. No question. And um, so my next event is in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, in June, Saturday, June 23rd. So I'm looking forward to meeting all the women there and in continuing to share the light and the hope that we all have. Um, to make a difference. Website, if they want to know events, but yes. if they also wanted to communicate and say, would you come do a one-day event in our area, what, yes. what website? Um, TiffanySmiley.com. So all right, and then yeah. what you all do together, and you're talking about the Hope Unseen. Hope Unseen, yes. And is that a separate website? Yes. Yeah. So if they wanted you to come as a couple, because you do speak to corporations, yeah. you speak in various functions, but that would be where they would go to communicate with you. Right, correct. Both expressions, let's say, of how much you've blessed them and also yes. appreciation, but also to find out where you're going to be or how they might get you to come and be in their area. Or hope, HopeUnseen.com. All yeah. right, that's great. Yeah. Uh, the book is in the bookstores. You can get it online. I'll just tell you this today. Uh, we are going to help feed hungry children and save their lives and show them that they can make a life and a future. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have gifts to help you, and we always offer them. We don't give gifts to get gifts. We give gifts to give gifts because we love you. You're giving to give life. Well, if you'd like to have the book, though, and you just help us uh, just feed some children, uh, we'll be glad to send it uh, to you. If you had a message that you wanted all couples, all people, let's say just all Christians, because I feel like if we dressed up in the glory that's on you, I think the church would look more like the Lord. And the, it would, I think Jesus would be lifted up. What would you say to the church today that your desire is for the Christian family? What, what, what do you pray for them? What do you hope for them and long for them to either see, realize, or become? Yeah, I, I long for um, there to be love that we come together as, G like Scotty and I talk a lot about just Jesus's journey um, and how incredible it was and how he went, that we would like be willing to listen to what God is telling us today, to that we could pick up and pack up and go where he says mm -hmm. and do what he says, to listen to him with love yeah. um, and listen to each other with compassion. That would be my It's message. love that never yeah. fails. Even with yes. your challenges, if there yes. hadn't been real love here That's yeah. right. to where the love of God actually began to be expressed That's through right. the love that was there, mm -hmm. it would have been tough for you. And you've yes. said that. Right. What, what, do you, what do you want people as, to hear as from Christ, uh, As God tells us to, to be like Christ, that, that God loved the world, that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, uh, to forgive us of our sins and, and, and to clean us of all unrighteousness, uh, is to do that, is to love each other, to accept each other, and to be an example uh, to those who don't know him. God came for the lost, not for the found, and just to be an example uh, to the men and women who don't know God and to know and to share that God has faith and that there is hope. And yeah. through work and through that, that spirit, God will continue to use all of us to make this world an amazing, loving place. You know what I want to say in your behalf, first of all, to God be the glory for the yes. glory and grace yes. that's on you. Would you say mm -hmm. thanks to uh, Tiffany and to Scotty and, and, and to the Lord? Ready? The way you get love flowing is share it. Mm -hmm. And you're smiling because you know we have seen heartbreaking things that only love could heal. Now here's what I want you to watch. Watch for an opportunity right now to release the love of God that's in you, waiting to be freely released.
and it never fails. Watch. We're asking this lady if she can talk about she lost, I think she had three children. Four, four children. Four children. What was the what, cause of what, that? Is it was sickness or was it hunger? Di Wetengo, Watru Gomala, Yafa, Tateo, Omana, Unjala, Okuyahakuri. A young Kachokuya by Yokuya, we have a Yamundan to Buhakuri. Utima got you Vala, Uvala, or Togali, or a Gugate Jokuria. I know when I've seen pictures like malnourished children, severely malnourished children before, I've thought, it's too late, there's nothing I can do. But what I discovered while I was here is that with the first bowl of food, you reverse the process. The minute nutrition begins to enter the body of a child, it's as if death turns the corner and life marches in. It's amazing what every single one of us can do so you might look at these pictures and think, like I did, this is overwhelming. It's, it might seem that way, but that's just a lie of the enemy. This is fixable. We can do this. We can turn from death to life in a moment. Those, those little stick figures that you saw, almost looked like they'd be too frail to pick up. You wonder if they're just gonna topple over. And uh, you, you know what Jesus would do? He'd pick them up. He'd love them. And you say, you know, he could miraculously restore them too, couldn't he? Yeah. But you know what he said? He said, when you see the least of these, the overlooked, the too often forgotten, the hungry, the naked, the suffering, and you touch them with love, and you pick them up with love, that's what picks them up. That's how Jesus picks them up today. And the missionaries are there and they found them, and they found the need. And by the way, although that's not part of the feeding program, it's part of what the money raised for the feeding program does, it establishes those malnutrition clinics. But we want to stop it before they get to the place that now we know unless something happens right now, they'll be dead in a matter of hours or days. So in the feeding centers where 400,000 children are, that's where we feed them because that's where they're headed. And unless the feeding is initiated and continued, that's where they end up. And then in those graves that we've seen too often, so we can turn it around. How do we turn it around? With love, first of all, a love and a caring for in our hearts. And you know, you, you hear the hearts of those mothers. They would do anything to help their babies. Well, they have done everything that's available to them. There's nothing left. There's no source for them to go to James for the food to feed their babies. They know the food could save their lives. 
but we need to we need to help them. We need to give them hope. Those mothers are begging for help for their children, just as we would do if our children were hungry and we had nothing to give them. So please join with us. Let's feed these precious little ones that need a chance at life, that their mothers love so much. You know, we, we uh, have the hope. We have the answer to that hope. In many ways, we're the hope. Love is the hope. It's what never fails. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do, because this is no exaggeration. For $30, $50, or $100, we can feed three, five, or ten children for the next several months. Yes, we can. Is there any way you could feed? Would there be any way you could feed ten children? You say, what is that? How much? A hundred dollars. And you can spend that with your family on a, a nice meal. Could you give fifty or thirty and feed three or five? Whatever you can do, you're giving life. And remember this, there's some of you blessed in such a way that you can say, James, I can give more. A thousand dollars will feed a hundred kids. A hundred of them. Would you right now go online or dial that number? That's a prayer line for broken hearts and heavy hearts. Always to call. It's paid for by love. But would you right now dial the number or go online, take your bank card, make the gift God puts on your heart. Please do it. You're the miracle waiting to happen. This is what love does. Please do it now. Go get the bank card. Make the gift. If you want to write a check, just make it to life. But call us and tell us you're putting it in the mail. We need to know that. Thank you so much for doing it. We'll bless you with some gifts. That'll be a tremendous blessing to you. In impoverished and drought-stricken areas of Africa, children are suffering. The need is great, and without food, they face severe malnutrition, even death. With your support, Life's Mission Feeding Outreach can save lives by feeding and caring for children in the hardest-hit areas of Angola, Mozambique, and South Sudan. With previous reserves gone and Mission Feeding helping in areas with severe crop failure, we urgently need to replenish our food supplies to reach 400,000 children who are counting on us. Your life-saving gift of $30, $50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for three full months. And with your gift of any amount, we'll send you Proverbs Power, Successful Communication. This powerful CD series, along with study guide featuring Stephen K. Scott, unveils the secrets to incredible wisdom found only in the book of Proverbs. This series will give you the tools to transform your relationships in life. With your gift of $100 or more, request the complete Proverbs Power Library featuring five power-packed sessions that include the power of vision, breaking through mediocrity, and much more. Finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more to help feed and care for 100 children, be sure to request the Bridge of Faith framed canvas print by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your secure gift online today. You know, I want to just say thank you so much uh, for your help. You're going to be blessed by Proverbs power. That's wisdom. Uh, this couple is a blessing. They got the glory of God all over them. This is a tremendous book, tremendous story. And uh, you help us give those kids some food and take care of them. You like to have this book? Just ask for it. We'll send it to you. Would you all join me and Betty saying thanks to Tiffany and to Scotty. What a blessing you are. Thanks for coming all the way here to be with us. It's an honor. It's fun. Thank all of you for being with us. Thank you for watching Life Today. Thanks for sharing it. Thank you.
The 2016 Harvest America was deemed the largest one-night evangelistic outreach in American history. Greg Laurie believes we can do it again. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.